Why should I be frightened of dying? There's no reason for it. You better go sometimes. Hello and welcome to the Sam Reed's Near Death Experiences podcast. Thank you very much for listening today. In this episode, we have a STE, a spiritually transformative experience, coming to us from a woman named Rhonda. This occurred after the death of her mother, and she fell asleep for a few days and had this vivid experience. It's quite fascinating to read. This experience occurred in 1992, so it's from quite a ways back. And I found this account on the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation website, which is nderf.org. I will post the link to the story in the description of this episode, in case any of you all want to read it for yourselves. And there are also questions that go along with each experience, so if you want some more details about her STE, then you can follow the link and read some of her answers. But overall, I thought it was a very well-written and well-expressed account. Sometimes these things are quite hard to put into words, but she does a wonderful job of expressing a lot of powerful spiritual ideas which happened in her experience. So without any further ado, we will begin the story. This is Rhonda's STE. Quote, I had been caring for my terminally ill mother prior to her death. After her passing, I was exhausted physically and mentally. I was also still trying to hold on to my job, cope with the loss of my mom, and the lack of help from my family. I believed I was coming down with something viral and had laid down on top of my bed to rest for a little bit. This was on a Friday afternoon four days after my mom died, and a day after burying her. I woke up Monday morning after I had this experience, thinking it was still Friday. It seemed to have lasted just a moment in time, but I had been out three nights and two days. At the time, I had worked in aerospace electronics and had held a high security clearance for ten years. I did not use recreational substances, and was not taking any medications. I was not a religious person, and even rejected it based on the intense religious fighting within my family. I considered myself open-minded, but was rather conservative in political and social views. My mom rejected the cleric that was sent in to comfort her in her last moments. She preferred to keep her faith private in the Lutheran tradition. She had been punished and scorned as an ethnic German by Hebrew Americans after she immigrated to America after World War II as a reluctant war bride. She became a naturalized citizen in 1950. Her contempt for religious zeal had been passed on to me and my brothers, but I alone had refused to take sides of one belief over another. Of my three brothers, one had become a reborn Christian zealot, one was agnostic, One was Jewish, as was the man my mother had been forced to marry. No one in my family, except my mom, made an effort to be religiously observant or attempted to follow a covenant unless it was for personal gain or prestige, 
i.e. getting Sundays off work, or using faith to gain proximity to power by affinity. My mom had hints of clairvoyant ability. We would wordlessly communicate from a distance. One witnessed example of this was about nine years prior, when my mom had taken a trip by bus from Scottsdale to Laughlin, Nevada. I had gone to sleep at a friend's house. Usually my mom got home about seven or eight at night. This was in the days without cell phones. She wouldn't have known where to call anyway since I was not home. I woke up at 1 a.m. from a dead sleep and knew something was wrong with my mom. I had an irresistible, intensely focused urge to get in the car and find her. I woke up knowing she was not at home. I called her house anyways and she didn't answer. I was so rattled that I woke up my friend and asked her to come with me. We drove into Scottsdale from Tempe. I did not know what place her bus had picked her up from, or left from, or what line it was, but drove directly to the Safari Inn on Scottsdale Road in Old Town. I was drawn to this location despite never having been there. I saw a big tour bus in front with people lingering around. I knew my mom was inside. I parked and ran inside. Sure enough, my mom was in the lobby with about 25 to 30 other people who had just been driven back from the middle of the Arizona desert where the bus had been broken down for hours. She saw me and smiled. She didn't ask me how I knew or why I was there at 1.30 a.m. She shrugged and mentioned how she wanted to get her wig off because it had been so hot in the bus after it broke down on the highway. She said that she was probably going to be more careful of which company she went with next time. She told me to go on and go back to wherever I came from. I asked if she was sure she was okay, because my feeling of trouble had not yet been shaken off. She said yes, her car was outside and they were waiting for bags. Then she shooed me off again. I went back to Tempe with my friend, who witnessed it all and said it was unbelievable. I asked my mom days after about that because my friend thought it was so weird. I didn't know that other people didn't have that connection. Mom and I had that all our lives, although physically and emotionally, we were not otherwise very close. Getting back to the Friday afternoon after her burial, I had laid down to rest. Although not usually accustomed to naps, I was compelled to do so out of sheer exhaustion and probably sleep deprivation. I reiterate, I was not a religious person. What I experienced and what I remembered when I awoke was not rationalized through a religious filter. I was not in great grief over the loss of my mom and considered her passing as relief of her physical pain from six months of fighting blood cancer. I was not in the habit of prayer. I believe that once you die, you are dead. No ghosts, no spooky stuff, no devil, God, Jesus, Buddha, or any other entity was in my thinking. If anything, I had considered the physical properties of materials and considered that great emotional suffering could create energies that leave an imprint. Sensitive individuals might interpret the imprint as ghosts or an unearthly presence, when it may well have been a physics phenomena not yet completely understood. 
I recall being compelled to sleep, lying down just for a moment. I saw myself on the bed as I was looking down from the ceiling. This was not as in a dream, but as an awareness as if I was awake and looking down. I had the sensation of floating, like going fast over a hilly road in a car and are weightless for a moment. But this feeling was a sustained sensation. Looking down, I thought I needed to change my clothes. I wondered where my three cats were, as they usually hung out wherever I was, especially in the bed. Then, quote, things didn't matter anymore. It was like being up there, maybe 15 feet above my bed. Suddenly the needs and realities of the world dropped away. Instantly I was rising up through an endless dark void. As I rose up, it was like being in a rocket ship. The higher I went, concerns such as fashion, friends, jobs, money, and all the important things I cared about in life were stripped away. Actually, they fell away like shells from around my consciousness until there was only my awareness. I had no artifice of identity, ego, or any earthly concerns. I was not having any form of experience or sensation that would have connected me in this self to the one in the physical one back in the bed. This was the foremost life-altering experience as this was a realization that all I have on earth stays here and means nothing. I am energy and a part of a collective. I am a dispersed being. Although I am an individual, I am also connected in this other place, which is every place, but not in the physical world. After that de-shelling of my consciousness, or thoughts, or reality, whatever you want to call it, I found myself in darkness. I was not afraid, and I was not alone. It was not complete darkness, as we detect with our eyes. This was a place that our bodily senses don't work in, because I was no longer in our physical world on earth. I had no body, just a sense of being, and absolute peace and harmony. I was not happy, sad, scared, or felt any awe. I felt an absence of emotion and sensation, and an awareness of others who were present. I had instant knowledge that I was there, that I was like them, and they were there like me. It was like I was one tablespoon of seawater and poured into the sea. I knew I was an individual, but now I was a part of the whole. Sounds crazy, but that's the feeling. In this void, I would describe it as shades of black. I had the fuzzy awareness of the top third of the hooded, robed beings, with two-thirds in blackness all around like space. There was no words, just instant awareness. There was a main being, without gender it seemed. I got the awareness that they did not want me to be afraid, and that I saw them like this so I would not be afraid. I let them know I was not afraid. They told me that they knew me, and two of the beings were relatives of mine who had gone back to this place before I had been born. I don't remember who they said they were, and didn't feel like I knew them, 
but perhaps that I knew of them from my physical body's experience. One was there to watch over me in the physical world, like a protective entity. I felt a loving sensation, or a deep affinity, which was beautiful without all the earthly feelings that had been shelled on the way there. I was told there was a newer person there, like a baby that hadn't been born into my physical family. There was also a being there who was not connected to me, or the other beings who knew me, or connected to my physical being. The main being said that one was learning, and I felt that being's energy as weaker than the others. My mom and others in my family who died were not there. I asked if I was dead. I understood that I was not dead. I was there because I had the sincere desire to know of the things of the physical place and the things not in the physical place. Here I was everywhere, which makes no sense in the physical place of earth, but makes perfect sense when you are there. I was becoming aware of knowledge I used to know from before my physical body and that I'd been there and back lots of times, as they all do in that place. I understood that only two things mattered in the physical place. Love and knowledge had to be experienced in the physical world because there was no way to have sensation in that place. We go to the physical world and suffer for the benefit of love and knowledge, while the rest is irrelevant. We are all connected. It is best to be kind in the physical place because most suffering gets in the way of understanding love and knowledge. But suffering and pain are also necessary as we grow through different physical forms here. At first, we don't get to choose. Then, as our energy becomes stronger, we can choose where we go here as we are born. The main being said I learned enough about knowledge. Now I was to go back and learn about love. The information about love is not what we think of here in the physical world. Love is not sexual or possessive, but spiritual. Love is more like endless compassion without judgment. I was to go back and learn about love. I was not alone. They were with me and guiding me, and I would know I had the capability to communicate through this tone of thought that we were presently communicating with. I understood that there was no God, but the energy of us all in that place is what some call God. This energy is within us, even in this physical world. But once we are in the physical world, we cannot easily remember or acknowledge and struggle with learning love through religion. I understood this in the physical place was the acknowledgement, but I needed to know love. I felt like I was remembering more about this place and wanted to stay there. I was drawn to the closeness and affinity that I could not feel in the physical place. I wanted to stay, but the others urged me to go back, like they were happy for me to go and do more here. It was like you wishing someone well and to enjoy a vacation here in the physical place. There were other things, or knowledge that was exchanged, but I can't recall them, except for thinking they have no relevance here in the physical place. Then I was over my bed. I saw my cats next to me and I woke up. 
I was much in the position as I saw myself from above, and bewildered for having such a bizarre dream. It was such a real and disturbing experience that it changed my perspective on relationships, love, sex, etc. I no longer judge people or think of good and evil the same way. I came back from this dream knowing that lesser evolved beings from the other place have less control and are more impulsive, wanting to get to this physical place because they become more powerful through being here. Earth is where we grow energy. I thought this was a long dream and was surprised to find I was asleep for a couple days. I thought if it was real and I was up there meeting God, my mom would have been there. But she wasn't. I didn't see any dead people I knew in life. They moved on. I think when you run into someone and you think you know them but have never met them, this might be the case. Our physical beings here can't understand what happens there, but there is residual awareness, different for all due to the development of the energy and the physical abilities of the body. I now consider it a true experience, but have not spoken about it because my scientist friends and academics would think I was nuts, and my religious friends would burn me as a heretic. I understand them both and accept they are struggling to understand a physical world mainly for things that do not matter. This place is like an amusement park to experience things we can't in the other place. The price of admission is birth and death, and the ride is unpredictable. There is very little that can affect this physical world from the other side, but very powerful older beings can do so. But most of us are here for the purpose to grow our energy, through this physical experience. I went from not believing it was real to understanding and comprehending and having a life-changing epiphany as a result because I had an urge to go out and buy books at a library sale. This was about 10 years ago. I found several books that looked interesting and purchased them for a few dollars. I only read one book and only up to one page in the book the book was called The Holographic Universe by Michael Talbot. It said, quote, We are here for two things, love and knowledge. End quote. I could not read on as I dropped the book into a box and tossed the box. I was in a state of interchangeable panic, fear, disbelief, and denial. How could that coincidence be? Could someone else besides me have such an exactly worded experience of truth? How did they know? Were they from the other place and did they remember? I take it now that the experience I had was real, and I am not the only one who knows we came from and go to another place. I have thought about getting another copy of the book and reading it again all the way through. I now live my life as compassionately as I can. I struggle with the sensations and feelings of this physical body that work against love in its compassionate form. I do the best I can, day by day. I fear life more than death, but try to navigate through loving my fellow humans. I find I am amused by the trappings of excess I see in my fellow human beings. Money really can't buy love, but being here and going through that lesson time and again is part of why we are here. 
The physical world is not controlled by those in the other place, but by the beings here. We will never have perfection here or there. We will have more energy or less energy as we are building, ebbing, and eventually being renewed into different forms of energy. And that's my story. End quote. All right, so that was Rhonda's STE. It was fascinating to read and quite a long story, and so I'm going to keep any of my comments quite short. And there's not a lot I have to add to it, really. Just in comparison with other NDEs and STEs and experiences that we've read on this podcast, there are just a couple things that stand out. One is the primacy of experiences which can't be explained. And these are everyday experiences and not anything near death or whatnot. But like she was saying, this incident with knowing where her mom was when she had no prior knowledge of where she'd be. This situation with the bus breaking down and people often talk about these type of synchronicities, these unexplainable events that happen in their lives where they have some knowledge or they have some forewarning or foresight of what's going to happen or know where to go, that sort of thing. These sorts of things are mentioned over and over again in these NDE accounts. They're often as common as actually talking about the NDE itself. And what that emphasizes to me is that there is a part of our psyche, of the unconscious, which is objective and contains knowledge, perhaps which extends past limitations of time and space, that one is to have a dream of something and then see it the next day, or have some knowledge of where something's going to be and not know why. Well, that's not anything that one can demonstrate scientifically. It's not scientific at all, but if one registers something coming from the unconscious, such as a knowledge or a hint or a dream, and then actually experiences it in the world afterwards, that is something that should be taken seriously as a phenomena of nature from within and without, something that appears to, to break the boundaries of causality, and that can be life-changing if one takes it seriously. Now, that's not something I can say, hey, I had this experience and so you all should believe it and change how you live and that sort of thing. It only works for the individual who has the experience. But if we are to look at our own dreams and inner phenomena and then have an experience like that, it's best if it isn't swept under the rug and said, oh, that's just a coincidence. But, but try to take it seriously at least because that can be life-altering. And it seems people who have NDEs or STEs, spiritually transformative experiences, report having these types of other synchronicities, experiences which can't be explained. Maybe they are more open to them or were more prone to them from the get-go, which is why they had an NDE. But it seems as though with several of these accounts that I've read that 
people who have had an experience of of dying or some afterlife type of experience report these sort of synchronicities as being meaningful. And from my experience, it seems as though normal people have synchronicities and unexplainable things happen as well. But perhaps we are a little less attentive to them or more prone to talk about them as just a random coincidence and not assign any meaning to them. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was, as I mentioned before, that an individual's experience is not valid or universal for everyone else. For instance, here in Rhonda's STE, she was in a place with, it sounds like, varying degrees of blackness. That's quite different from most people's accounts of talking about a bright light and loving light and that sort of thing. And so what you may have is some vague principles of like the importance of love or knowledge as Rhonda talks about, some spiritual principles which might overlap with other people's experiences, but the exact imagery and things that are seen are going to vary wildly. And so that should be kept in mind and not used as a benchmark for the reality of an experience. Rhonda mentions that she's determined this experience is true, which I would say any inner experience is true. It's real to the person who experiences it. And one's interpretation is the key factor in how it is Uh, made meaningful or accessible in one's life. It's why it's often important to have a very humble and careful manner in which one interprets or processes any spiritual experience. And it's often a good rule of thumb to take the experience as symbolic instead of literal. That having an, an open attitude towards symbolism of whatever images one saw is usually a better way of of processing the experience as opposed to strict literal interpretation. So with that, I think we will wrap things up. Thanks again to Rhonda for wanting to share this experience with us, and I hope you all were able to take something of value from it. Thank you for listening, and if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a five-star review on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use because that helps us out. And there will be more experiences, NDEs, STEs, or otherwise that will be coming soon. Thank you again for listening. Bye.